In this perspective series, you will see how the book of Nehemiah shows that you are uniquely needed. So, Nehemiah 8, we are cracking our way through the book of Nehemiah. And what we see here is the, the people have settled into their towns, they, they've come back, um, and Ezra reads from the book of the law of Moses to the people. And the, the Levites are moving amongst the people as this is being read, explaining to them what it is that's being read. Now, the law of Moses is basically the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And what it is, that those five books are the story of the people. You know, so they're literally listening to their history, the story of the people of God. It talks about creation, about them going into slavery, about Moses and the Exodus. It includes the law that God gave them, the, the Ten Commandments, the moral laws, the social laws, the food laws, the purity laws. These teachings from God, not, not kind of bars to kind of, you know, to beat them with. But, but the things that God knows are good for them, that will help them live well. They, they learn about, relearn about the feasts, the sacrifices, the offerings, the role of priests, of, of tithing, the instructions for the tabernacle, the, the place of God's name, and they get reminded of the promises for the future. So this is what in Nehemiah 8 that they're hearing read to them and having explained to them. And in response, the people start to mourn and weep they realized just how far it is they've they've come from being the people of God, the people that he called them to be, the people that he made them to be. They get reminded of all that God has done for them and they start to, to mourn and weep. And the Levites say to them, they say, no, 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 don't grieve. Today is a holy day. Say that the, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, because again, in keeping with the timings of God that we saw earlier in, in, in Nehemiah 6, the day that this is happening is the first day of the new year, Rosh Hashanah. So again, like this is this is by God's hand ordained timing that on the first day of the new year, the celebration of the new year, they're hearing all this. Now, again, in the calendar, that is the day that they celebrate, the day that God created Adam and Eve, mankind. And see, and again, in keeping with God's timings, they basically are, are re-waking up. They're coming back to life of an understanding of God's creating them and the story of God and their story being a huge part of that. Part of this, you would have seen the, um, the, the shofar being blown. Like this is, this, um, this is a biblical thing around the blowing of the shofar, but the, the, the symbolicness of it is a wake-up call. You know, the blowing of the shofar, you know, stirs Jews to, to mend their ways, to repent. You know, the, the, the it blasts out, sleepers, wake up from your slumber, wake up, examine your ways, repent, remember your creator. And that's what's happening on this first day of the new year, the day that they would celebrate God creating Adam and Eve. They're coming back alive to understanding their story and the story of God and their unique position as the people of God. And because of that, they realize what they've done. They realize what God has done. So they start to just get a grasp of who they are and, and how far they've fallen, but basically about the redemptive work, God, how much he loves them and is still pursuing them even after all of that. What happens as well is they then realize, as the, the, the book of the law of Moses is being read, that the 15th of the month 
marks the start of the Festival of Tabernacles, Sukkot. Sukkot, I'll get that right. And this is the festival where they remember the Israelites being in the desert in Sinai and God providing for their need every single day. And so what they would do is they would set up temporary shelters and tents and stay in them for seven days, celebrating God. And so they decide to do this. You know, this is part of them rediscovering who they are in Christ, what he has called them to do. And so they immediately start doing the things that God's called them to do. And so you think, OK, well, that's interesting. Great. They're now having this little um, celebratory thing. Well, here's the perspective I want to remind you of. What Nehemiah 8 speaks about, what it's telling the people is Christians, you are like no other people on, on earth. There's no other nation, social group, community group. There's, there's nothing else like the people of God when they have God at their hearts. See, you know, anything in your local community could have food or friendship or celebration or teaching, you know, providing wisdom to people. They could care for their community. They could, you know, we all have traditions or festivals or group gatherings. Anyone can offer those things to the world. But only Christians can offer those things with God at the heart of them. Church, you can offer God. Never, ever, ever, ever be tempted just to offer the same things the world can offer. You know, maybe you are the greatest friend anyone in the world could ever wish for. That'd be lovely. But you've got God. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God alive and dwelling within your heart, within your being. That is the unique thing that you have to offer to the world and the people around you is God. Now, there are two interesting points I just want to, re to remind you of. Or actually, I say remind, like these are the sorts of things that only a small number of people ever know. And people like me or you either hear someone talk about them or we have to work hard to research them and learn them. But during this festival, this festival of Sukkot, there's this, um, this remembrance moment where they pour water on the altar of the tabernacle. And they're kind of asking for future rain for their crops and this abundant harvest. But on the last day of this festival, you read in John 7, it, um, Jesus says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from them. You have... If you're a Christian, rivers of living water that can flow from you into the world around you. There is nothing else in the world that has that to offer. The other thing that you see in this Feast of the Tabernacles is um, the, that they're celebrating. It, it's, there's a, a, it re reminds me, anyway, <laughs> I was about to say this point, but it reminds me of um, Revelation 21. Let me read this for you. Look. God's tabernacle is now amongst the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. No more death, mourning, crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. So again, what this festival, this, this moment points to what Revelation 21 says. Jesus is coming back. See, and we need to remember that there is a fixed point in human history when God will return already decided you know we've talked about God's purpose God being full of purpose everything God is doing now everything the spirit of God of work is at work at is working towards a fixed point in human history when God will return and we need to live with that perspective it's coming soon 
How many points and times in the Bible does it say? It's coming soon. We need to hear the joy of that. Your God is coming back. And the promises of, you know, tears being wiped away, no more mourning, no more sadness. But we need to hear the urgency of it as well. You have God. The world around you needs God. And time is short. Let, let me restate that. I mean, oh, my days, how many times have we heard a talk or watched a talk where, you know, Christian or otherwise, where someone with great earnestness says something and repeats it for you to get it? Spirit of God, would you let me and let all of us hearing this now wake up to the truth? We have God. The world needs God. And time is short. Let's not let us settle for being like the world around us. You know, like, like the people in Nehemiah at this point here, let us re-consecrate ourselves to God's plans for us. You know, the shofar blowing, you know, like that. let's wake up. Holy Spirit, would you wake us up? Wake us up out of our slumber so that we could examine our ways and rededicate, recommit ourselves to you. Never, never, never forget you have something the world needs and no one else, nothing else can be offered to the world that is God, except God. And you have God with you wherever you go. And that is to saturate everything we do, every moment of every day. Nehemiah 8 says, you are like no other person on the earth. The people of God are like no other people on earth. You have God. The world needs him. The world needs God. And time is short. God bless.